Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We're back. The second round is good. All the series are good because all the good teams are playing each other now instead of later. But that's that's neither here nor there. We have to accept it. That's the thing that we have come to accept, I guess. I don't know. All the series are 1-1. The Leafs are out. The Atlanta Thrashers are back, baby. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. This is a Biscuits Call on a Hockey podcast. I'm Dave. The subtitle could be uh, Down Goes Brown, A Leafs Funeral, that we'll get to in the second half of the show, along with our uh, interview with Henrik Sedin that we have, a little seven, eight-minute interview about his time in Vancouver and what it means to be a Vancouver Canuck. Uh, well, that'll be a little thing to kind of, a little chaser after all the playoff talk. And Sean, how are you, buddy? How are things? Hey, you know what? I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, in the, I'm in the recovery process. Still grieving? Are you? Are you? Are you beyond that? Well, you know, it, I mean, it, it never really goes away. It's just it's, <laughs> it's always it's there. More, it's just there. Yeah, it's just you know, throw throw another one on the pile, <laughs> and uh, yeah, here okay. here we go. All right. Well, we'll we'll get to your sadness later because we want right. to be happy and positive. Let's focus on the living. Let's focus yes. on the eight teams. Yes. That are because you're right. Like they this so far the second round. Like this, I feel like the second round has already been better. Than the first round, even if he yeah. stopped it right now. I, I saw a thing last night. They said this was the first time all four series were one one through two games since like nineteen ninety something or other. They said it during the Vegas game. My, oh, my, my ears had been bleeding since the Pierre Maguire game at seven o'clock, so I couldn't really hear that well by like eleven thirty. But yeah, this has been a really good second round for sure. Yeah, and it's and and like uh, I mean, it's it's four good matchups, four interesting matchups, and like. I hate to, you know I, I've seen other people do this where you like you almost don't want to say I could see all four of these games series going seven games because then it's a week from now and we're like well they all ended in five and that was terrible but it's like it could all be headed that way yeah. like they've all been uh, and and I guess see like we'll we'll jump around and kind of hit on each of them um, did you stay up for the Overtime? Oh, oh sure. Night? Oh, I don't listen. I don't. I don't miss a. I don't miss a Caps game, and I don't miss a Vegas Golden Knights game. I'm a huge. I'm a huge fan of those two organizations, and have been for upwards of like four weeks for both teams. And I just, I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. How we're all trying to explain why the Golden Knights keep winning, and like we just have to stop because there's just really no. There's no explanation, man. Like Mark Andre Fleury forever was just a terrible playoff goaltender he always found a way to lose games and now he's making like the save of the century on logan couture right. in overtime and uh, not, not that every team would lose a game after they blew a two-goal lead in the third period but just william carlson just just sniping from like 40 feet out top top shelf under the bar william carlson like we, we, we've come to accept now over the last six months that william carlson is just going to do that william carlson this is where we are and now vegas is the only team at this point that's up 2-1 in a series and Game, the, again, the, the, we talked about this in the first round, how the Kings and the and the and the Knights played a close series, but it was kind of a slog. This is just good hockey, man, and it's great. I love it. And the Vegas Golden Knights are going to the conference finals. It's over now, clinched. What are your thoughts? Are we like? Is it inevitable now that we're going to get the backlash to this Vegas story? Because I feel like up till now, most people have kind of been on board, and it's it's been fun and a good story, but. I'm getting the sense now that people are like 
okay, that's that's about enough. Like, you, yeah, this I'm, is I'm not like it's a, no, no, not at all. Like, I'm, I'm getting a sense from fans. Like, I'm certainly getting the feeling that Vegas winning the cup would be a turnoff oh, awesome. for, for a lot of people. So not great. everyone. Uh, yeah, like some people, oh, so it, the more the better. It'd be it'd be great. But I I feel like there's a big chunk of people who are kind of like, all right, having like an expansion team come in and actually win a cup or play for a cup in year one is, is kind of maybe taking the whole thing a little bit too far. It's great because like it exposes how, again, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it, you know, it exposes how bad GMs are things we've all been saying for years. And now this is sort of like shining a light on that. And I get it. Like totally. I understand. Like if you're, say hypothetically a Leafs fan and your team hasn't really done anything in like a really long time. And now this team just shows up and is like, Hey, what's up? We got Jonathan Marsha. So that's all we need. Riley Smith. We're good. Yeah. I can see how that can be bothersome, but I'll tell you right now, if, if Vegas is playing for the Stanley cup against any team that's left, I don't see how you're not rooting for Vegas. I don't say you're not rooting for Vegas already. It's a, it's, it's like Vegas is essentially like that 11 seed in the NCAA tournament that, moves on and starts playing for the final four or playing in the final four. This is kind of where we are. I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe your mentions are just littered with bitter Leafs fans at this point. Could be. That's like it's, could it, be. But it's, it's honestly like, I don't find it. I don't, it's, it, I don't think it's the Leafs fans. I think it's, it's just kind of spread around the league. And the other thing, and this, this is the part of it that I, I can't buy into. I, I get, why some people would feel like you know like we all love when a 16 seed or 15 seed wins the first game of march madness but you don't necessarily want to see them oh come on win the championship so i get that here's Mm. the part i don't get and here's the part i can't get on board with because i'm seeing more and more of this is people basically treating this as if like yeah of course of course the knights were good yeah, right. The expansion draft was rigged so that they would have this great team. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like you've you've seen, have you seen people oh, yeah. basically? Oh yeah. yeah like, oh for sure. People are yeah. It was rigged so that Vegas could get Derek yeah. England. Yeah, sure. Like of course, of course they were going to be good. Like you know this, you know which I if you're not on board or if you're starting to like to to feel like you're you're going into backlash mode, go ahead, but don't act like. This isn't a surprise. Don't act like it's insanely we nuts. It's so, it's like, so nuts. There's no other they, way to describe they, it. They clearly got a better deal on their draft than most of the recent expansion teams. Like I get if you're like a Senators fan or a Blue Jackets fan, you're looking at this going like, yeah, they had a easier starting point than we did. They also paid five hundred million dollars. So they, al- let's they also didn't just get the first pick in the draft. They didn't exactly. Just, they didn't just show they up and up get picking, right. Picking, you know, sixth or seventh yeah. where every other expansion team, I mean, most other expansion teams, their leading scorer in the first year is like the first or second overall draft pick that they got. Right. So the Cavalier, you know, Rick Nash, right? Those were two guys that were the first overall picks those years, wasn't it? Or but, did Le Cavalier come later? No, Le Cavalier came later. What am I talking about? Was, Heimer, Roman Hammer, like I'm thinking know. of. Yeah. But still. Yeah. There are a bunch of guys like that. And, and the thing is, like, when, when they announced the rules, you can go back. Not one person, when Nobody. those rules were announced, Nobody. wrote the story that was like, well, now we know who's going to win the Pacific next year. Like, not <laughs> one person wrote that. And when the draft happened, we not one person was like, we mocked them. They got a cup contender. Yeah, we thought they'd like the, 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 the at the time heading into the draft, it was like there was like the contrarian take that said they could, you know, they could actually be good if they if they pick all the right guys. They could be a playoff team, and then they picked their guys, and people were like, "Ah, oh, no, they're not going to be a yep. playoff team." So I understand if you're not on board, I, I get it, but don't act like this isn't a borderline miracle that we're watching. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what I don't like. This fake like ah ho hum. Well, what did we think was going to happen? <laughs> we thought they were going to be in last. And Everybody and and even if you thought they were going to be good. They spent two of the first three months without Marc Andre Fleury. They had Malcolm Subban, and then he got hurt right yeah. away. And then they just they had, had this cavalcade of dudes. Yes, this is none nuts. of it makes any sense. And I think maybe that's part of what's starting to chip away at my my pro Vegas. Uh, oh no, you know, it's just well, it's just the fact as somebody who both 
as a job and just as a fan likes to try to figure out how the NHL works, having something happen over the course of a full season that clearly doesn't make any sense, like is, is a little bit off putting. I think it's, it, it's a little bit, I think it's great. You know, it's great. Yeah. It's great because like, I feel like we, we, we over explain stuff. Like I feel like in hockey, we don't necessarily embrace how much luck is involved. We want to like chalk it up yeah. to grit and jam and you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that can explain. There's no stat. Like, I, I don't necessarily, like, you know me, I don't hate stats or anything, like, but like, I get a little exhausted by like exit velocity and, and route routes and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And this is just great. Like, it's just, no one knows, no one understands why no one has the answer. It's great. It's great. Kind of being is, free it, from all that it stuff. It is great. But it, I mean, the flip side is this is going to end. Let's say Vegas wins the Stanley cup. We go into the off season. It's going to be, wow, we're going to have the Eric Carlson trade. We're going to have John Ferris. We're going to have like all this stuff. And you know, well, who, who improved, who got better, who, and there's going to be this undercurrent to it of, does any of this matter? Oh, like an expansion team just won the Stanley Cup. So right. what are we even doing here? Should we even care? Should we, or do we just oh, wait it. to the season and see what? I love it. What random outcome Plinko chips its way down to us by <laughs> by June? But like, didn't we? I don't know. Like you can you can hear like I'm conflicted because I I really on the one hand I'm like like how good is this? How how much like. You, you can't ask for a story that's more fun. And this is the sort of thing, if it goes one more round, this is going to start transcending hockey. Like you're going to start seeing, you're, you're already kind of seeing it a little bit, but this is going to become the big story in sports, not just the NHL, which is great for the NHL. An, an actual positive story making the NHL the headline for once. Uh, so, you know, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, let's take this all the way. But at the same time, like I see, I see people jumping off the bandwagon and there's a part of me that's like, uh, I think I get it. I don't think I'm there yet, hmm. but I'm kind of like, like I'm still on the bandwagon, but I'm starting to like eye the emergency exit just in case. <laughs> I'm all for chaos, man. I'm all for chaos. And again, I, I think there was always an undercurrent of no one knows what they're doing. They're just throwing mm -hmm. stuff against the wall and. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and no one ever really knows for sure. They just wear a nice suit and they call themselves hockey men and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, that seems like an authority figure. Let's go with that. And now, like this would blow that all up. I'm, but I'm all see, for it's, it. To me, it's it's fun to think that like half the league doesn't know what it's doing, but your team knows what they're doing. Like as a fan, <laughs> that's what you want, right? You want to be like half these guys are morons but we'll, we'll get the right guy and figure it out. And if you're just like, no, wait a second, what if everybody's a moron? Like just nobody knows anything beautiful. and it's just it's so beautiful. Uh, and it's it. going to be great. It's going to be so great when they miss the playoffs next year. Yeah. And, you know, George McPhee, like Gerald Glant gets fired like halfway through the year. No, it's all this. It's, but that happens though. Like the, there's, you know, there's, been teams, there's been teams that get to the cup final or win the cup and then don't come back the next year. I mean, that doesn't happen yep. as much anymore, but that's a thing. That's fine. It happens. Yeah. It does happen. I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm, I'm generally with you on team chaos, but I'm just wondering, like, is there a point, is there a tipping point where it's too much hmm. and do we hit that with the Knights? And I don't know. I honestly don't know, don't know the answer to that yet. I'm, I'm sort of on the fence, but I, I do know that I'll, there's, I don't know if I'd say a lot of people have bailed, but I, I, it's, it's definitely a, significant number have are already kind of done with this and i think that's going to get that's going to get worse as time goes on i think a thing that we both agree on is postseason refereeing is the the worst thing that goes on in this sport it's 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 insane to me that we're even now at a point where like, yeah, regular season, the playoffs, we get it. Stuff changes. If you murder a guy with 30 seconds to go in a tie game, they're not going to call it. And we all sort of accept that. But now we're at a point where I feel like we we don't know anymore what, what the playoff bar is, where if you get tripped on a breakaway or you get slashed or hooked on a breakaway, and it's it's a breakaway. They're, they're not even calling that anymore. And like I, I watched that Bruins-Lightning game. I don't have a dog in the fight, man. I don't care who wins. I don't care if I get my prediction right. But if you have a breakaway and a guy chops down on your stick and hands, gets your hands more than your stick, chops down on it, and, and it's not called, 
and I'm annoyed by it. Like, I can't imagine what's going on in New England this morning. Like, are there just dudes rumbling outside of Dunkin' Donuts all throughout, like, New Hampshire and Massachusetts <laughs> because they have this pent-up anger from last night, and then some guy in the Dunkin' Donuts was like, would you call me, you call me a hazelnut? I don't know why he has a New York accent. I can't do a Boston <laughs> accent. But I just, I just, I just, like, I, I understand, like, at the end of that Boston-Tampa game, I think it was Pasternak got just absolutely wrecked from behind while he was, like, playing the puck. And the, like, the, I, I get not calling that. That's a thing that never gets called in the playoffs. It should be called, don't get me wrong. But the, the Marchand thing, people are telling me it's a stick lift. You can't lift a stick from above, my friend. That's not how a stick lift works. That's not, no. that's not lifting the stick. My, my only defense on that is I'm going to invoke our new rule that we came up with a few weeks ago that – you can if the other team commits a penalty and you start waving your arms around <laughs> that is that is the tattletale two minutes for tattletaling it negates the original penalty but that's how kuznetsov so, got the penalty called in the caps game when when Latang tackled him well, and like he finally was like also the only way to get goalie interference called <laughs> these days like i feel like we're all none of us can figure out goaltending interference and at some point we're going to go back and look at all of them and realize that it's just all based on how much the goaltender complains right away it kind of is like like the Clutter whole helmet got slashed in the face and was like eh, eh okay. cool. oh, too it, bad. whereas if as long as you get bumped and wave your arms immediately so maybe that's what what brad marchand was going for i don't yeah it's you know it, this is this is an issue because i feel like put aside the dummies who think there's a conspiracy for or against certain teams yeah there's not that there's not. I mean, this this league, yeah, they're like, you really believe this league is going to organize <laughs> a secret underground conspiracy and execute it? Yeah, flawlessly no. year after year. No, not so much. It's it's, but it feels like everybody thinks the officiating is is an issue, and they feel like it's it's terrible every game. That's it's not like it's a couple of guys or a couple of scenarios. It just seems like. Because you're right. Every year people complain, how come they don't call the rule book? And every year you're like, if they called the rule book in the playoffs, you would freak out because there'd be eight power plays for each team and you would lose your mind and you'd hate it. So like, I feel like I'm used to that. But this year, yeah, it does feel different. It feels like they're mm-hmm. just in... <sighs> yeah, just, like, just... Like Tampa, Boston, the, 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 the four-minute high stick is just general incompetence that you'll find in the regular season where a stick gets a guy in the face and they miss it and they call on they call a penalty that doesn't exist that's fine but you go to the caps penguins game two where um it was jake gensel gets absolutely need slash tripped by matt niskin and no call like that's always a penalty when a guy's coming across the blue line and he has the puck and he gets tripped that's always a penalty and then Devonte smith pelly gets chopped down by I think it was Chad Ruedel. Like he gets around him, like he does. By the way, speaking of that Devonte Smith Pelly move, why is every right-handed guy in the Predators able to dance around defensemen coming down the left wing like it's nothing? Like every guy, whether it's Forsberg, Arvidsson, Johansson, these guys all know how to do the inside-out move and duck. I don't know. It's another thing, but those are always penalties in the playoffs, always because especially they're in the second period. It's not the third period of a tie game, and like oh, we got to let that go. These are all times when penalties used to always be called, and now. <sighs> Sigh. That's my sigh for the show. That was a good one. Was, I'm so exhausted, man. I am. Uh, what were What did you think on the uh, Pittsburgh Washington the goal that wasn't uh, a goal? That, I mean, it was a goal, but you can't call it a goal. Like it was yeah, absolutely. Here's how you know it's a goal. Patrick Hornquist. Like I'm not going to call him a dirty player. But if he's around the crease and the puck's not in the net yet, he's not going to stop. He's not going to pull off and raise his arms and, and celebrate. Like He's going to keep driving the puck until it's in the net with the goalie's head, legs, arms, whatever. He clearly knows the puck is in, and that's why he has stopped trying. He's not trying to fake out the referee by putting his arms in the air when he's right there. That's how you know it's a goal. But yeah. I get it. The, the angles and the parallax and all that you stuff. You got to see it. You yeah. got to see Oh, not the parallax. Oh, the parallax, buddy. Oh, the damn parallax. We've got an <laughs> entire generation of sports fans who are convinced that the goal line is like eight inches under the ice and have like cool animations to show it's it's i mean you need you need the view that shows that the puck is in and the view that people keep sending is not it's not that view right like that's i'm sorry i i appreciate that you blew it up on your vic 20 and you've got like 16 pixels worth of evidence here <laughs> and you're like look there's white and it's like yeah but that's that could be ice shit. There's like also that. white on the goal line. You can see the white on the goal yeah. line where the red should be. So you don't know where the 
the the ice snow begins and where they're actual it's just you can't and, you can't and unfortunately it you've got you know we do have the overhead camera angle that can that that is supposed to help and because of the position everybody was in it just was so i mean to me this is one of those things where it's like it's yeah the puck was in but it's it's a bad break it's and it's i don't think it's more than that uh although you know and i'll just make this this point one more time could would it kill these guys to just tell us what the call on the ice is no because they can't because if they do i feel like that tips their hand and prevents them from letting you know hockey ops make the call for them if they say hey we ruled it on the ice they clearly it was hard to tell because there was no point that i saw like from a referee but maybe there wasn't i didn't see it he kind of did the arm wave and i know i've had people say well you know the call on the ice was no goal because he didn't he didn't point and call it a goal so if he doesn't point like there's no signal for no goal he didn't point so that's the call well Yeah. yeah except we've seen it go the other way right we've seen you know, and, you know, we've seen that happen. And then they come on and say, well, the call on the ice stands, we have a goal. And you're like, wait a second, nobody right. called it a goal. Like, I understand you might get together and say, what did we say? Okay, this is what we think. So just, I mean, how hard is it to like the NFL? You have to announce that you're going to review anyways. Just say the call on the ice is no goal and we're going to review it. Because like, you know, you, you saw even in that, like that's a crucial moment. You got this entire Washington crowd waiting for this announcement <laughs> and the official comes out and says on further review the call on the ice stands and there's no reaction none because he's like what and he's like so no goal and everyone's like oh okay cheer now but like there's there's so like there's so many things the nhl does where i'm like ah you know this needs to be done better but the way to do it better is maybe complicated or maybe there's a reason they can't like this is so easy how just Look at the NFL that have been doing replay better than you for years before you were doing it and just be like, what are the basic steps we need to follow? And one of them is you got to tell us what the call is that you're is being reviewed. And it's a, it was the same thing, too, with the Tom Wilson hit on Brian Dumoulin where the referees all got together. And I feel like any time referees and the linesmen get together and they talk – and then they go over to the bench and they talk to each coach. You should probably let the fans in on what you're talking about because if like us watching at home, like we get it. Like there was a guy who picked the head, and now they're saying was that a illegal check and all that. But if you're in the arena, like even Breeden Holpe was talking about that during the review for the goal. They never showed a review at whatever the name of the the Verizon Center is now, the 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 Capital Choke Center. I have no idea. Um, like if you're in the building and you run the 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 scoreboard. If you show the replay in the arena while they're reviewing the play, you're not going to screw over your team. They're already reviewing the play. Let everyone in the arena know what's being looked at and the angles and all that sort of stuff. And it was the same thing. Like, I get it. I don't know what you're going to say for the Tom Wilson play, but, you know, if you would talk for two minutes and then just point to a face-off circle like nothing happened, that's annoying. Like, you're in the arena. You don't know what's going on. Just be like, hey, uh, after, after you know, the, the, I don't know what you would say. You can't say after review, but let everyone know why you're not calling a penalty. If you if it's worth a four-person discussion about it, at least, you know, give me the BS line about why it's not a penalty, which I think is funny, too, because in hockey, this isn't like a universal thing, but you basically can't run somebody from behind, right? Like, you, you can do, you can hit someone from behind on the open ice a little bit, but generally you can't run someone from behind. And you also can't hit somebody in the head. That's illegal. You can't. It's called an illegal check to the head. But somehow, if you can do those two things at the same time, it's okay. Yeah, it's bizarre. Well, I mean, as as we learned from the Department of Player Safety just last night, they released a second video to again clarify the hitting to the head. You it's it you can hit guys in the head. There's all sorts of circumstances where you're mm-hmm. allowed to do that, and mm-hmm. they sort of gave us this five minute video of guys getting drilled right in the head uh that are clean hits so yeah uh i don't know i didn't i mean that tom wilson hit you kind of knew wasn't going to be yeah mention i get it but it's just the the, it's always the rationale that gets me is like you know oh brian dumoulin's position of his head changed like he's not a shapeshifter his head isn't moving that much like yeah he's he pulls up because ovechkin's there but it's not as though I don't know. I just it's just, it's just such a bizarre league when it comes to head hits and stuff like that. But like I understand, like I understand that one way more than I understand the Kucherov Vatten one. But I don't know. I'm I'm a broken man when it comes to playoff refereeing and 
supplemental discipline at this point. I'm broken. I'm completely broken. I'm like a Leafs fan, maybe you you might say at this point. You're not anything like <laughs> a Leafs fan. Yeah, uh, you just uh, what do you think Nashville Winnipeg so far? Like lived up to the Yeah. Nashville's the been a little expectations so far. Nashville's been a little worse than I thought they'd be. Um it's been really good. That, that, like this is why I think every series is going seven. Like all these series that are that that are or were one one were kind of even games. I actually kind of think the Capitals deserve to be up 2-0 because, I mean, they scored three goals, the Penguins, in the third period, but I felt like they were all kind of lucky goals. They were, like, Gensel's deflection was a kind of a skill play, but the other deflection was kind of like, whoops, went, went in the net. And then Ovechkin had the uh, play where he's, he was actually back-checking. He had his stick there, and, and he happened to slow it down perfectly for Crosby to get off a one-timer. And, you know, the Caps choke, I get it, but that's the one series where I feel like one team has played better than the other. But the other three series, they're all so good. And Nashville-Winnipeg, man, this is why this is why there needs to be a way to have the Nashville-Winnipeg series not be in the second round because it's so good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to so be— so good, but it's, but it's happening. We're yeah. getting yeah. it. Would yeah. you rather have, like, Nashville get upset by Vegas in the second round and uh, it's not gonna happen. You know, we don't get it at all? Like, eh, I get like, it. I don't know, man. I, like— it's, it's, to me, this is like okay. You, you're getting what you want it for Christmas, but you got to open your presents like on December 22nd. Like okay, that's not <laughs> ideal, but like I've this is the thing that I want. I'm getting it. Get it. Enjoy it. No, no. It's yeah. like you're very much like the person on Let's Make a Deal when um, Wayne Brady says, "Do you want what's behind the curtain, or do you want the one thousand dollars? That thousand dollars. Give me the thousand. Yeah. But, but the curtain could be a car. I, want, I don't care. But yeah, it, it's like that. Except if like I was like, well, what's behind the curtain? He's like, at best, it's a thousand dollars, but just a little bit later in time. I'm like, all right, I'll just take the thousand now. And that's okay, man. Like I don't, I wanted it at the end of the show, but I'll take it now. I'm happy with this. I'm, I'm, I've come to accept the goofy playoff format. Uh, As long as it, as long as it serves up Pittsburgh, Washington in the second round every year until the end of time. (laughs) And it's all the same thing. That was, that too was the best part about that goal getting overturned, not overturned, I guess, confirmed that it wasn't a goal, but like, you know, if that went in, the penguins are tying that game, you know, they're going to get a third goal in the next 10 minutes. You just know they are. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The caps. I I can't believe I threw my lot in with the caps. Um, So I don't know what I'm thinking. But yeah, Nashville, Nashville, Winnipeg has been by far the best second round. It's just back and forth. It's just tons of skill guys. You Connor Hellybuck in game one was that was the thing. People after that game were like, "Oh, Predators, you know, the Jets stole the game and all that." And like, I understand the shots were like fifty to two or whatever, but like the goals that the Jets were getting were just these. They were outworking the Preds in front. They had that happen again in game two, where guys were just kind of standing around. And yeah, you get you get outshot forty to nineteen. You're probably going to lose four out of seven, but. It, it was just it was more of a skill win as opposed to like you know getting a power play goal because someone on the Preds shot the puck over the glass or you know a lucky bounce off of a pad or something that went in like the Jets got three skilled goals in that game before the empty netter so I'm on board man let that let that baby go seven and then let let the Preds win so I get my prediction right that's that's where I stand that's right as long as it goes seven and Winnipeg wins. Did you take and Winnipeg? Then we get, then we get Win- I, I did take Winnipeg, yeah. Uh, and then and then we'll get Winnipeg. By the way, you, you talk about the Vegas backlash. Wait until it's Vegas against the lone remaining Canadian team <laughs> and all the traditionalists come out. Uh, by the way, when, when is Winnipeg going to let them wear the white jerseys during the whiteout? Is that, is that, is that too See, complicated? I don't understand if that's a Winnipeg thing or an NHL thing or what it is. But yes, they should clearly be wearing white. But then again, every team should be wearing white at home mm-hmm. because that's... That's better, but what do I know? You're Canadian. You know more about hockey than I do. That's what I know. Um, you want to take a break? You want? You got any other, well. any other thoughts? Any other? Any other lingering first round thoughts before we we come back and do the do the eulogy? Do the sadness? yeah? No, I think that's good because we we sort of covered the second round and the teams that are still alive, and then for the second half, we will do all the teams that aren't still alive that are busy making changes and firing people and not firing people, and winning and losing draft lotteries. Yep, all that and uh, seven minutes with Henrik Sedin when we come back right after this. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome back. We are now in the in the post-playoff. Post-playoff? No, that's not the right term. We are in the non-playoff. The post-postseason. The post-postseason, where your season was over maybe before the postseason or after the postseason. I don't know. Sean, how do you how do you feel? How's how's your Toronto Leafs fandom at this point? Because it's been almost, I think, a full seven days since yeah. the game seven class. Busy week. See, I, I I saw you say this. I I feel like 2018 was worse than 2013, but I understand why exactly. you would feel differently. But lay well, it lay it, it on me. I mean, here's here's the thing: the 2018 being worse than 2013. Like as far as collapses go, there it's no contest. Like 2013 was far worse. Like you, you to blow a three goal lead with 10 minutes left versus to blow a one goal lead with a full period where the other team scores like a minute into the third and and you're tied like as as sporting collapses go it's it's not it's not even in the ballpark and people who were trying way too hard to make it the same sort of thing or to say well it, it happened again i don't i don't buy that now was it worse in terms of what it means for the team it maybe like 2013 that leafs team wasn't very good nope so i mean yeah they 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 would have won the series I, you know, they weren't winning the Stanley Cup that year. And you could make a case that, and, and people have made the case that that collapse was the best thing that ever happened to the Maple Leafs because that prevented them from fooling themselves into thinking that they, they had a contender. And, and within a year, you had Brandon Shanahan and then all the changes that came after that. Whereas this team is good, could have maybe contended for a Stanley. I mean, they would have been. You know, they, they they would have been one of the weaker teams left in the field, but they would have had a shot. And certainly in terms of what they're building towards, getting that extra extra experience and, and getting, you know, all of that for the young guys would have been big. So, uh, you know, I, I can see that argument to say 2018 was worse in the big picture. Just just don't pretend that the third period itself was was anywhere close to the the nightmare of. 2013 Hmm. but at the end of the day like we said last week i think we we recorded last week before game seven and we said the bruins have been the better team in the series and they were and yet like the leafs had them they they had them they they had the lead going in the third tuka rask wasn't having a very good game like it was there like it would have they would have stolen it it would have been a case of of the better team losing but they did have it was there and I think the, the you know, I I think I would hope that if 2013 taught the Maple Leafs and their fans anything, it's that you don't overreact to a game seven, because mm. the Leafs in 2013 had quite possibly the worst off season in the cap era of the NHL because they they flipped out over what happened in in that game seven and in, in that third period. And they went out and got David Clarkson and Dave Bolin and you know all this other ridiculous stuff. <laughs> but the, the the series itself did show a lot of flaws, and it did kind of kind of make very clear that this this team, for all the talk about how great the rebuild's going, and all the talk about how you know they're going to be back and they're going to be good and they're going to get there, it's there's still work to be done, and it's you know I'm I'm. I'm I'm as optimistic as anyone else, but I am getting a little tired of this this idea that there's some sort of inevitability around this Leafs team because it's it's not there yet, and there's still there there's still a bunch of pieces that need to be put in place, and now we got to figure out who's actually going to be doing it because it's not going to be Lou Lamorello. Okay, so here's why 2018 was worse than 2013, because in 2013, yeah, the collapse was bigger in terms of the amount of goals, but it it felt more like the Bruins got lucky in a way because you score two six on five goals that that doesn't happen. You need to get lucky. You need to have pucks just hit the right spot at the right time and and then happen twice in a minute. So you can sort of 
you know, just brush that off. Like, hey, it's a lockout year. We weren't that good. The Bruins got lucky. Best thing for us. But in 2018, like, yeah, it was only a one goal lead going to the third. But the two goals that they got were just such bad goals. They weren't, you know, fluky. Yeah. They weren't skill. Oh, you know like, what? I, I agree with you, but I'll I'll tell you right now, there's nobody in 2013 was saying, oh, the Leafs just had bad luck. Those were, I mean, James Reimer got lost his starting job based on those two goals. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they were at the time considered bad goals and, and it wasn't just bad. I mean, it was lack of care. Like he just, he just didn't have right character to make the big save. And so that's why they had to go and get the backup goalie from, from the LA Kings. And that worked out fantastic. So I, I mean, you're probably right, but that wasn't, that wasn't the perception at the time. And, and since that's, that's not how that, but that story that, gets retold. That's why I should be the new GM of the Leafs and Dave Nonis okay. should never be allowed to work in hockey though. I think we can all agree on that, right? Like I should be the next GM. Like forget about Kyle. Like what is what's Kyle ever done? You know? AGM? Does does he have a podcast? Yeah, does he have a podcast listened to by so. thousands of people? I don't think so. Actually, do we? I think we do. Yeah, we have a, we have a podcast that that has thousands of listeners, I would say. And but and the other thing too, just real quick, I don't want to drone on about this i feel like i'm i feel like i'm talking about like someone's like dead parents to their face like one last <laughs> one one last thing about the leafs though was people yeah. going crazy about the the jake debrusco where he kind of turned uh, jake gardner inside out yeah you got to make that save man like he didn't he didn't oh, yeah. dangle that around was... him and go top corner he just shot, shot along the ice and freddie's stick wasn't there like your stick's yeah, that there was a, that was a terrible goal and, oh. and in fact you know the thing is and and obviously like jake gardner had a terrible game he had a nightmare game he was very good in the series in the first six games mm-hmm. he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be wearing this as if you know they they lost because of him even though there seems like a big chunk of leaf fans who are who are going to go in that direction but i i will tell you two things like when he comes in he, he kind of turns the wrong way and debrus is coming in i guarantee every leafs fan especially all the leafs fans who hate jake gardner as that play is developing they are thinking and or yelling out loud, hit him, <laughs> hit the guy, hit him. And then he comes across and he actually does, which Jake Gardner very rarely does. And he smokes him and everyone's like, yeah, oh, wait, oh. just quit. And then suddenly it became like, he can't hit. You can't go for the hit there. Use your stick, doctor. And it's like, yeah, that probably probably would have been the better play. But everybody wanted him to throw the hit right there. And he does for once Jake Gardner played the way that like your grumpy dad wants him to play <laughs> and it and it didn't work but it did work because it was a terrible but like the first goal i'm still the first goal of the third period the long one yeah it was bad i'm still not sure what happened there like if it was tipped or or what um but the the second goal i mean that's just a brutal goal and uh you know it's and i'm not somebody who you know gets into this oh you know frederick anderson maybe he's not a playoff guy he's that's his second game seven he's given up given up five goals at least in both of his game sevens maybe he's not a no i mean you've got a whole career of frederick anderson where he's basically a 918 save percentage every single year we know more or less what he is uh but he was bad in that third period Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes that's just you know we can break it down and analyze it if if your goalie has a crappy period you're probably not going to protect your one goal lead and you're probably not going to go not going to advance so what do you think kyle dubas does what do you think he's going to do i'm i I do think he's the next gm for sure um it's you know in a way it's 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 disappointing that they're moving on from lemmer like as a leafs fan the best possible scenario was status quo Eh. but the problem is status quo wasn't possible yeah like that like there was no like Lou Lemerell is seventy five. He's not going to be able to do this forever. And if if you if you say you know what like it, maybe in a perfect world you go you know we're just going to everything it seems to be working. You've got Lamarillo's the the veteran the crusty veteran. You've got the cap guy. You've got the analytics guy. You've got the scouting guy. It's perfect. Let's keep it for two more years. Well, it, mm-hmm. but they're not going to stick around for two more years. Kyle Dubas isn't going to stick around for two more years. Mark Hunter might not stick around for two more years. So you got to make the call. But what was interesting to me is how apparent it is that Brendan Shanahan did make this call. This They didn't even try to dress it up as a mutual thing or as, 
you know, we've agreed that this is going to like it, it was presented as Brendan Shanahan made the decision that Lou Lamorello is not the GM anymore. Uh, and I, you know, I know they had the press conference yesterday and I know Lou Lamorello said, I'm going to stay and this is my contract. And I don't think he's staying. No, like, I mean, he, it's the same, the same situation played out in New Jersey, right? It's yeah. Like he doesn't want to be the president of hockey operations and have no. somebody else like Ray Sherrill making the calls. But I mean, I, see, I disagree with the whole status quo is the way to go. I think now's the time where you want to get Lou out of the way, because if you go back and look at his last few years in Jersey, like he made a lot of bad free agent signings. He made a lot of bad decisions. He yeah. wasn't necessarily the same guy he was pre-salary cap. So and, now- and that's kind of the other piece where, but, you know, Lou sticking around as the mentor, because at the end of the day, you know, Kyle Dubas is guy. He's, he's like 32. He's hey. never been an NHL GM. Eh, he's fine. 32. He's, you know, has he ever negotiated a trade? Has he ever negotiated an eight figure contract extension? We don't actually know. Cause we don't, there's a lot of secrecy over who does what in that front office. So maybe he has, maybe he was, the point guy on a lot of this stuff and we just don't know about it you hope so i mean th- this isn't coming out of nowhere they had three years to figure out how the succession plan was going to work so you have to assume that they that they were doing that but at the same time there's also you know there's been a lot of talk and whispers and whatever you want to call it that that group in the front office including mike babcock who has a lot of say in this stuff didn't always get along and that there might be some some either bad feelings or there might be some, you know, maybe Mike Babcock wants Mark Hunter to get the job or maybe he wants somebody else. And so it's going to be interesting to see it play out. And I know it's Toronto, so it's going to turn into a soap opera no matter what because we'll make it into that just so we can talk about it. But like this, you know, I, I think I think Kyle Dubas is a super smart guy and I think he could – you know, this guy could definitely be the Leafs, Theo Epstein or Brian Cashman or whatever comparison you want to draw. But th- like, there's no sure thing right now. And this, this is a very, like, I think in five or 10 years, when we go back and write the story of the Leafs rebuild and the story is either called like, you know, it's either got a picture of the Leafs with the Stanley cup on the front page, or it's called like wasted opportunity, the story of whatever, <laughs> like this is going to be, the next few weeks is going to be a huge chapter is how did, how the front office transition worked, who was on board, who wasn't like, does Mark Hunter even stay or does he want to move on now? Uh, you know, and, and who else maybe gets brought in? Do they bring in another veteran voice even as in an advisor role? Does Lou stick around? There's a lot of moving parts and like, there's a lot of potential for this to go south. Uh, and I don't envy Brandon Shanahan for having to kind of stick handle his way through this whole thing because uh, they they got a they got a lot of smart people there and in theory picking a new boss out of a bunch of smart people should should be a no lose situation but I I think there's a lot of ways that this could that they could lose and it's going to be interesting to see it play out in the front office and around the team and also in the media where there are still a lot of old school guys who like old school hockey men hockey men, and are going to not necessarily be on board with somebody half their age taking over the Toronto Maple Leafs. So my, my theory or my, my principles, my credo, whatever it is, is the whole, we never know how good an AGM is going to be until he's the GM type of thing, because we don't know what goes on in the front office. We don't know if, like Kyle Dubas is like, we got to give, we got to give Roman Polak six years. And they're just like, Kyle, um, that's a really bad idea. Or maybe Kyle's like, no, not Roman Polak. Anybody, because we don't know. We're not there. I assume it's the latter, but I, I feel like we can both agree that we'd rather have Kyle Dubas running our team than anyone who ran the Atlanta Thrashers. Right? Like that's, that's, that's a no brainer. It's pretty well, simple. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a billionaire, so <laughs> you're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if I, if I didn't have like a beloved franchise legend already in place. Oh man. Yeah. What's going on in Carolina? Because, because here's the thing where, and, and this is the other way we can beautifully bring this all together. The Carolina hurricanes 
uh, if if for whatever reason people missed it, they have now terminated Ron Francis. Well, school well, his, his, well, his, his contract. contract. Yeah, and yeah, now he's. Oh, but we don't know. I haven't <laughs> have any, anyone heard from Ron? Which that in itself, like people just presented that like it was like, oh, you know, they they terminated his contract, and it's like, do GMs not have right. guaranteed contracts? Like, doesn't that sound like something you wouldn't just be able to do unless something else was going on? I don't know. You think like Dean Lombardi framed him and like planted Maybe. some like some like drugs on him and they, oh yeah because they, they they had sent him home like to work from home so i mean it was like clearly this was a situation where they didn't want ron francis involved but he's also ron francis so they were trying to make it look nice and like a promotion and and it didn't didn't work out so he's gone joe newendike apparently is also gone who was one of their scouts and now the gm search is continuing and rick dudley was named what vp of Hockey ops? I don't know. These like job titles, I don't know, man. Some title that is not GM. And you've got Don Waddell, who's still there, but also is not the GM. And so whether we don't know what they're doing for GM, but one of the candidates who's emerged, we talk about Kyle Dubas being the smart young guy being given an opportunity in Toronto. The last time that happened in that market was a guy named John Ferguson Jr. Didn't go super well. And apparently he's now emerged as the, as I won't say the front runner, but as a candidate to be the GM. So clearly cream of the crop, best of the best. <laughs> All of the major candidates who get mentioned for every other job are not in the running or have withdrawn from the running. Doesn't this feel like a situation where they're just not going to have a GM? And like they're just going to decide that. Mm-hmm. Totally, I think that's I think that's his end game. By the way, I didn't yeah. realize it until you actually vocalized it that Ron Francis is basically Milton from Office Space, where they just <laughs> yeah. just keep moving his desk around, and they just exactly. finally they're just going to not pay him anymore and wait till he goes home. Like this is basically what they've done to one of the greatest players in franchise history: is treat him like the Milton, guy, guy who was literally the franchise. And <laughs> and you know what? I'm I'm. For that, like, don't you know? Just because somebody is a great player doesn't mean he should be making all your sure all your decisions. But yeah, there's you got to think there's either something going on behind the scenes, or else this has just been really royally screwed up. Because yeah, I don't know. That's it's really that bad. Doesn't seem like Tom, that Tom, doesn't seem like a Tom Dundon a great scenario. Tom, I believe my stapler is in your office, Tom. I need I need to get my stapler back before I go home and work from home. And uh, and now, I mean, the other, I mean, if 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 we're talking about GMs who may be available, Brian Burke is back on the market oh because he he voluntarily just left in Calgary. His work there was done. He, he's he's done it all there. There's nothing left to accomplish. Time to go back into TV. Absolutely Mission accomplished, and and he's back. <laughs> he's back in TV. And I don't know. I don't know if you've seen any of his TV stuff so far. Uh, oh, has he done stuff since he's left? I haven't seen yeah, any he, of it. Yeah, he started like the next day, and he started, and he's he's with Sportsnet, which is one of my employers. So obviously, I obviously take love this it with a grain of grain of salt. But like, he's been really good. He really is, uh, uh, good, like because he's treating it as you can tell, like he's still Brian Burke, but he's not on TV just being the character of Brian Burke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there is that point where sometimes... Like Larry David remember, on like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, where, like, Larry David on Curb is a character of Larry David. Now he, you see him yeah. on TV, he's real Larry just David. like, the extreme where, like, you know, like, he they'd invite him on for, like, trade deadline to be interviewed, and he'd be sitting there with, like, the tie undone, just being cranky for yeah. no reason. And you're yeah. like, oh, you're just, you're doing a thing here. You're, okay, fine. <laughs> and I, I was worried that he was just going to do that. And he's, but he's not. He's, he's... Is he wearing a tie? You know what? He his first time he had the tie undone, and I think yesterday uh, he had it done up. So, uh, no, he's, yeah, he sold out. He sold out. <laughs> Ryan, good for him. I'm, I'm I'm tired of the tie. But see, that's another thing. Like to me, the, the the tie undone thing was like started as a thing he would do like at the end of the deadline, where you're like at some point, he, and then he would just start showing up like that. And you're like, it's seven in the morning. Tie your tie up and didn't Patrick Burke back in the day tweet that like the reason why I don't know maybe it was his hair I I remember like Patrick 
tweeting that the reason why he either does the tie thing or like lets his hair go along is because like he once made a comment to him about it and so like this yeah. was brian's way of like sticking it to that everybody like he was trying yeah. to annoy his children yes like, kids were like dad you're embarrassing us with the hair and he was like all right that's no haircuts for me now we're going full <laughs> going full on out so that was that's good. that's yeah he's he's been good and uh yeah t- but rough rough week for leaf gms because lamarillo's out uh burke's out john ferguson jr hasn't been hired yet dave Nonis, nobody knows what what happened to him and cliff fletcher's son mm-hmm. gets fired yeah i forgot about that close enough uh so that's the other opening we've got in minnesota and presumably like, that's the one where the real candidates are all being interviewed because they're not being offered six dollars an hour like they are in <laughs> carolina by the way, I don't know what's going to happen with Lou, but maybe he does go to the Islanders, but everyone's sort of saying that that's his next stop because his son works there. And I sort of have the opposite take on that because let's say like Lou calls up his kid on the weekend like, hey, how's it going? How's the job? Do you think like his son is over there going, oh, it's great. I love working for the Islanders. <laughs> Gart Snow's fantastic. You need to get here as soon as you can. Like, do you really think, like, I get it because like Lou basically lived in this area for a long time, so he'd be coming yeah. back home in a way. But I mean, does he really want to work for that organization? Uh, I don't know. I, I just found it so weird when like, like when they announced that he wasn't coming back as Leafs GM and everybody was like, oh, he's going to the Islanders. And then he gave the press conference where he was like, I intend to honor my contract and people are like oh so much for the island it's like <laughs> no that didn't i'm looking forward to him getting hired by the islanders and then like firing his son that afternoon yeah <laughs> like, sorry <laughs> sorry uh, or you're out you're a big disappointment to me and this is finally my way of showing you get lost uh, oh boy draft lottery we should oh yes i almost forgot about that part of it for, for a couple of reasons first of all what did you think of the because because they unveiled the new way to unveil the lottery it's after our last part. So, so what were your stupid. thoughts on that? Like, I, I saw you say that you like it. It's so dumb. It's the, here, here's one of the only ones. Here's here's why it's dumb is it's 2018, right? And you and I are of a certain age where I would classify us as old or as the kids yeah. say, olds. We're, we're yeah. olds. When you're older than the Leafs GM, you are old. You're, we're old, man. Like the Leafs GM could absolutely dunk on me if we played basketball one-on-one. Like I couldn't stop him because I'm, I'm just old. It's just how it is. But young people, this is this is what this is what bothers me about it in a way. In a way, there's many things that bother me about it. The fact that like there's no known time to tune in. Tune in this between the second and third period. What time is that? I don't know. Nine uh, fifty, maybe. Yeah. Especially know. since we're gonna start the game half an hour after it's supposed to start. Yeah. Like my like I ballparked it at like nine forty five. But yeah, I forgot to take into the fact that it's eight twenty and not an eight o'clock start. But the thing that that I think is makes it dumb is. You could have done it as a pregame show. You could have done it before the start of the the eight o'clock game and just done the A block. Hey, here's here are all the particulars. Here are the teams that have the best odds. You come back and in the second part of the show, you do what they did. You do spots whatever sixteen to four, and then at the end, you do spots one, two, and three. You interview the first and second runner up and all that. And hey, here you go. Here's the draft order. But the reason why I think it's dumb is because in in this time we live in, there are if you're twenty five or younger. Anytime you want to know something, you can just go on the internet and find it, whatever it is. Like, hey, you know, movie spoilers, um, news, whatever it is, you can find it instantly. And the NHL is like, hey, we have what you want to know instantly, but we're going to make you wait on a Saturday until 10 o'clock. Like, what young person, like, I'm old, I'm home on Saturday at 10 o'clock, I'm going to see it. What young person is sitting at home watching NBC at 10 o'clock to find out the draft order for the last three teams? It's stupid. what, What should they do for the award? Should they just announce all the awards? two minutes into the start of the broadcast or do they turn it into a two hour show where you have to wait for the heart trophy? Well, that's a show good... though. Like well, it's, it's a show, right? I mean, that's the thing. Like they don't, you, you turn on the Oscars. They don't like just be like, here's a list of all. They don't all make you winners. watch a hockey game that you don't want to watch around the awards though. Like, well, you should you know... want to watch it. That's the thing. They're trying to get you to watch it. I'll say two things. Like I'd liked the idea. I, and th- there were a couple of problems. First of all, like clearly second intermission was too long. If they were going to do it, it should have been the first intermission. Right. That was like, I mean, it was after ten o'clock out here on in Eastern Time Zone. That that was too long. And the other problem, which wasn't anybody's fault, is you know what I liked about the idea was there were so many scenarios where that those three teams could have really been fun to chew on, and you know what happens if this, what happens if that, and we kind of got like three teams that were 
it was like it was okay but you didn't have like if if edmonton had been in there if chicago had been in there like any of those scenarios you, you didn't really get so it it was it wasn't the best group of three that you could have had and and there certainly wasn't enough there to sustain everyone for for a couple hours but i like you know in general i like the idea and i'm you know they tried something a little bit new a little bit different i'll give them credit for that because this is you know i we're so sick of the nhl always doing things the same way and never changing it and never trying anything because this is how we've always done it so i you know i i didn't think it worked great in practice but in theory i was all right with it if they had just done it you know like like let's say they had done it like hey we're going to announce it on snapchat at 9 45 and they got like that bearded hq trivia guy to do it i would have been like that's annoying but that's annoying for me as an old person i understand why you would want to do it on this new avenue where there's a lot of young people and all but like just i don't know the idea of teasing it out to an unknown time during a game that maybe you don't want to watch on a saturday night uh, i don't know i just I think there was a better way to do it, but yeah. what do I know? But I'm good news for the Buffalo Sabres because they finally <laughs> win a draft lottery for the first time. Oh, oh! Before we and do that, we should point out that that um, uh, Vancouver wanted to send their mascot, and the NHL said no. Yes. Like, why? <laughs> why? Why can't we ever have anything fun? Why? Uh, on the one hand, I'm like, I totally get why you wouldn't let them do that. But yeah, but I come on. Wish like just just because I would have loved to have seen because it's Vancouver. We know Vancouver never wins the lottery. Just to see like a stone faced mascot have to sit there and like, you know, or wow. or, 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 or if they had wins. one and they had to, yeah. you got to like see shots of like Mark Bergevin like chilling on a couch for two hours. <laughs> to the mascot. the mascot. And then the mascot yeah, wins yeah. and then like Catherine Tappen's like, so what does this mean for your franchise? And the mascot can't talk. So it's all just hand gestures and like nodding his head and like, I, 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 I have that. to, I have to throw this out there just because it's for years that uh that they've been doing this and it's always the same right it's the 15 almost always the gm sitting there just looking dour and unhappy and my wife has been pushing this idea that they each team should have to send one super fan like their most annoying obnoxious Mm. super fan to sit there and then we get those reactions and you know just like guys just jumping out like throwing things and swearing and celebrating and like crotch chopping in the direction of the rival who just lost the lottery i like it well i I mean it's not it's not mascot good as far as ideas go but i i think it's better than like the only good moment that it's ever produced was the time that the the leafs lost the lottery and like burke was that like it was four guys just sitting there stone-faced and then like brian burke with his head in his hands (laughs) Looking like he wanted to murder the world, or like Connor McDavid when Edmonton won the draft lottery, and he yeah, was just like, oh, "That's no. that's what we need is a live like yeah. I want a live shot, and I want him like hooked up to like I want a heartbeat monitor, I want all of that stuff." Uh, but yeah, no, good. Finally, some good news for for Buffalo that they desperately needed a defenseman, and now they got one, and Phil Housley gets to coach the next. I was going to say the next Phil Housley, but that would probably make Sabres fans mad because they want something more than that. <laughs> they like somebody who can. Yeah, well, I don't know Phil Housley. I I, I was only my, my, at my age. I was only old enough to see like the end of Phil Housley, so I don't know how good he was in his prime. But I remember like as a Devil, I was like, well, we traded for this guy. Like, oh, this guy doesn't do anything on defense. He was like he was like what Eric Carlson people thought Eric Carlson is when he's really not. That's what Phil Housley right. was at the end. Yep. Um, you want to do some questions and and yeah, uh, I think we hit everything. So let's do the. Uh... Let's do the reader mail. All right, I got one. So we're both football hockey guys, and Zach Buffington wants to know, NHL versus NFL refs, who wins and who calls penalties? Wait, what does that mean? I thought he was asking which ones were worse. NHL versus NFL refs, pick a game, who wins and who calls penalties? So like, who are, so oh, they like play they, each other in something, and oh, they need to be I don't know. officiated. See, this is the thing, though. Like, Doesn't every sport think its officials are the worst? Like, is there any sport where people are like, yeah. There's a um, level of bad that's acceptable, I think. like I, was, I feel like NFL, NHL, and NBA fans would all say they have the worst officiating. Baseball. Baseball. Yeah, but baseball's he, he, maybe. Here's the difference for me. The difference for me is that in football, like when they screw up, or in baseball when, like, you know, umpires are calling balls strikes and strikes balls, to me, they're not doing it to affect the game. Like, you know what, like, you know what I mean? Like no one ever calls a strike in baseball when it's a ball 
because of like right. it's a certain time of the game and they feel like they because can't Because it was make a 3-0 call. count and right. you just have to uh, yeah. Yeah. Like in, in football, like the Jaguars Patriots game, like the referees botched that game. Like the Miles Jack play where he he stripped Deion Lewis and then wasn't touched and got up and ran it back, but they blew the play dead. Like they don't blow the play dead there because they want to keep the game competitive. They just screwed up. While in hockey, it feels more like a choice. And that's what bothers me. So that's my, yeah. that's my, that's my latest, my latest rant. Um, there's a question about the Sedines. We'll get to that one at the end. Um, uh, exchange student one. <laughs> I love Twitter right. names. The be- who, who do you think is the best player to never win a Stanley Cup? Is it Ovechkin already? Do you think? Already? Oh man! I see. It'd be. I mean, <sighs> usually, yeah. You know, it might be because like I, Marcel Dion is probably the go-to answer. I think. Um, uh, like Gilbert Perot. There's, I mean, really nobody from the original six era just because of the nature of that i mean i think dion would be i i would say marcel dion right now but ovechkin is certainly cool like ovechkin is going to be that guy by the end of his career easily uh unless he wins the stanley cup it's probably a ranger in there they went from 1940 to 1994 without winning like harry howell yeah. I, I don't know how he compares know, to alex it's not too many guys stuck around right like they, they they'd get there weren't too many lifetime rangers like you know Lundqvist will get in the discussion. Luongo will get in the discussion. Goalies are a little bit weird, but uh, I, I'd say Dion's the guy. And and the, the the other thing is Dion is like Ovechkin. He never even got out of the second round, I don't think. so. Yeah, Ovechkin's been really unlucky slash bad slash, you know, running into the... like the, Ovechkin feels like the Patrick Ewing of hockey where like he kept having to play Michael Jordan in the conference finals, and it's just like, well, you know, Michael Jordan's going to beat you. And not that Sidney... I don't know, I just... Just, it doesn't matter. This don't, is you, the, don't you feel like at some point Ovechkin's going to get hurt and like? Oh, you're miss. so you are so mean. And then, but then they, <laughs> but then they win without him, right? It'll be oh. like the the actual, like you mentioned, Patrick, like the actual Ewing theory. I'm not saying they win without, like I'm saying they win the series, right? Like let's say they're playing the Penguins, he gets hurt in the next game. Oh, he's going to miss a week. They come back, win the series in six games, and then like he shows up midway through the conference final. Hmm. We all him for like doesn't that just feel like a very washington slash alexander ovechkin thing to have happen and then this way caps fans aren't suffering anymore and we can still make ovechkin jokes yeah i can see that happen let's do one more let's do one more jason waterfalls this is a good one odds that these players leave their current teams this offseason Tavares, carlson I should say eric carlson because william is now so famous that we need to distinguish right. not the good carlson he no, means the other eric. carlson okay. Uh, yeah. Tavares, Carlson, Oliver Ekman, Larson, and Henrik Lundqvist. What are the odds that those four guys leave their teams? Uh, I mean, I'd say Lundqvist, 10% at best. I don't, I mean, it sounds like, yeah, I don't see that going. Go, Ekman, Larson, Ekman, Larson feels like he's not going. I, I would say 25% Ekman, maybe. Like, he, he hmm. his odds should be higher than I think they are. Like, that feels like you know, a situation where you, you look at what's happening with Tavares and other guys and you'd want to get ahead of that. But I, I, I think he sticks around. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Lundquist is, I put him at 15. I think I put Ekman Larson at 10. I think I put Eric Carlson at 97 and I put Tavares at like 64 because there's always that chance he goes out to the market and doesn't find what he likes and comes back. But I think yeah. he wants to. Uh, yeah. I think it's probably, yeah. Uh, I, I'll put Carlson at. I'm gonna put him at 85. percent Hmm. 85. Okay. Because I still think because he all sit in the off season, right? Like I, I could you could still see a scenario where, I mean, he's still under contract for one more year if they don't get the offer or they don't have the guts to take the offer where they they bring him back and kind of kick the can into the season. Love um, kicking the can, kicking the can, kick that can, uh. and then uh, yeah, Tavares. Yeah, sixty percent. That that sounds about right. I think we've, we're leaning into the more likely than not range right now, but there's still a long way to go on that one. Let's let's see let's see what Lou Lamorello can do as far as getting John Tavares signed. Yeah. Well, folks, another hour in the books. Another joyous, happy celebration of hockey has come and gone. Uh, just want to thank our guest Henrik Sedin for uh, what was a wonderful interview. I'm glad yep. we can finally put that to bed and you know finally get that talk out of the way um you want to you want to pitch you want to sell anything besides the actual biscuits podcast on itunes where you can rate us five stars and leave reviews people like that stuff 
bunch of stuff on Sportsnet this week, including I think today, Tuesday, the uh, annual favorite, the ranking of the old guys without a cup. Mm. So we go through the remaining grizzled veterans who have never won. Who's the youngest old guy on the list? Who's like who's like the new young old guy? Uh, I, I I put Ovechkin on the list for the first time this year. Oh boy, he's only thirty two, but he's been in. My cutoff was you had to have been in the league since the for the entire cap era. So he Man. he made the list, so even sad. though he's still yeah. And plus, he has gray hair. He does. So he does. I feel like he's okay. A little salt and pepper. So yeah, that's that's out there. People people seem to like that one. So we do that every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, other stuff later in the week. Yeah. That's that's what I that's me too. That's our code for yep. we haven't figured it out yet. So, but we're gonna do stuff later in the week. And next week, we're still figuring out if we're gonna do the same day as we always do, or maybe we might do it Wednesday or Thursday. We kind of have to see how the series break because the way it works out is there's a game seven on Tuesday, then there's two game sevens on Wednesday and one on Thursday. So if we do it on Tuesday, that's, it's kind of pointless. But if there's no game sevens, then it's perfect. So. Uh, the playoff schedule makers don't care about our podcast schedule, which is really yeah. offensive to us. We, but we spoke to them about it, and they just blew us off. Yeah, not cool. But uh, we will be back next week, and just uh, follow us on Twitter, and we'll tell you when we're going to record, and we'll see you then. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.